Hello, and welcome back to 100% Real with Ruby. Today, I have Danny Matrenga back, and the thing that we are both so passionate about is simplifying the bullshit, because there is a lot of complex stuff out there, and I feel with the rise in social media and a lot of people just thinking they can just diet and pop on stage, there's a lot of like extremes going out there. And then people try to make more money selling complex shit that just does not make sense to 99.98765% of people. So here with me today is Danny. And we were chatting a little bit before the podcast and he said something amazing that I literally just said to my mentor, which is trying to get stuff out there with all the knowledge that we have as good coaches, which we will talk about investments later on in the podcast and how qualification doesn't mean certification. But anyway, it's getting that stuff that we know out to you guys that need to hear it in a way that you understand. But at the same time, something I want Danny to dig into as well is the fact that there are so many of you trying to get this confirmation from here, this confirmation from there, looking for all the answers, but you don't put anything into application. So Mm -hmm. you're spinning your wheels and complicating shit for yourself. So with that, I'll let Danny take it off. Well, yeah, I think you really unpacked one of the biggest issues we see in the fitness space right now, which is that there's a lot of people who need a lot of help. And then there's a lot of people trying to help them, but there's a big disconnect in communication. And I think social media allows, you know, a unique opportunity for us to create a space to educate and come together and teach people. And a lot of what's on social media is pretty bad and pretty stupid and and oftentimes it's misinformation in that it's you know not a direct representation of what's true or it's a representation of something that's not entirely true or unfortunately it's something that's financially incentivizing for the person who's putting it out there so it's skewed and biased and you've got all these people who just want to hear what's straight and what's true and you've got all these trainers who know what's straight and true and they just can't get on the same page and i think part of the reason for that is because on the communicators end or on the educators end, whether you're a fitness professional, a politician, a finance person, whatever it is that you're trying to communicate, um, you have to remember that people have a limited bandwidth, a limited attention span, and they might not be where you're at. So I find that the best trainers are oftentimes so over the heads of the people that need the most help. The people that are the most qualified to help the most people are the worst at the messaging and the branding thing. And we see this a lot in politics. Like you don't have to be an incredible politician with phenomenal policy points that really move people. Uh, You know, like you just have to be a little bit better at communicating a few things than your opponent. Like, and so it's as simple as is the message you're delivering something that somebody can understand, or is it just something that you're delivering to look smart to your peers, to feel smart to yourself? And I think a lot of fitness professionals who know a lot do a terrible job of communicating effectively to people who are just getting started, which in my opinion is the people that need the most help and the people who stand probably the most to gain from having somebody who's so good at cutting through bullshit kind of just say, Hey, look, why don't you cut in line with me? Like I'm, I've climbed and fought and clawed and 
fought my way to the front of the line where I really know what's good. And I want you to cut the line with me so you don't have to deal with all that same bullshit. And to get you to do that, I have to just be able to explain things to you simply, not in a way that makes me feel good or me feel smart or me look good to my contemporaries in a way that makes sense. And I think that that's a, a gap in the fitness industry right now that a lot of coaches are afraid to try to close because they don't want to seem uh, inferior to their peers because it's more about how they project what they know than what they actually know. And I think you could make a very real argument that a master is able to communicate what it is that they know very simply to almost anybody. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's something that we need to get better at. That's actually really important to realize that coaching is not just about qualifications and certifications because you can have all the knowledge in the world, but are you an effective coach? And textbooks and certifications mean jack shit if you can't apply them to the person there. And it's almost the same as like research studies. They're in a controlled environment with populations that are not you. And I feel like we get it skewed quite a lot. Like, yeah, it shows us something, but is it something that can be applied to you? And for all you guys listening out there, like take this in as someone consuming that information. Stop looking for complex shit that makes you feel like you are this special person that has to do things this special way if you can't yet master the basics. And this is where investing in a really good coach comes in. And you talk about investments all the time. So maybe you can tie in the whole people having this impatience with extreme approaches instead of just realizing your body 12 months from now can look entirely different if you did the shit consistently for 12 months versus spinning your wheels for 12 months, two years, three years, and then saying, I just wasted three years. Like that is a longer period of time, but in the short of it, it doesn't seem like it, but looking ahead to, oh, this is going to be one year, all of a sudden it's just like mind blown. So I'll let you take that. Yeah, I think you hit on something that's important there. And that's that people assume that the solutions to big problems should be hyper complex when in fact they're oftentimes not. So people make the assumption that I'm overweight because my hormones are dysregulated. I don't wear blue blockers at night and I have a disrupted circadian rhythm. I'm really sensitive to lactose. I can't do dairy. You know, I am super sodium sensitive. I can only work out this many days a week without overtraining. And they're, you know, they're effectively just regurgitating every fear-mongering point in the world. And it's like, well, yeah, but you really can't lose weight because you can't fucking stick to your diet for more than a week. And that's the honest to God truth. Like all of those things you said, maybe they're true. They're probably not. What's really true is that you can't stick to some shit for any amount of time. So how can I sensitively communicate to you that regardless of all of the things you see out there that could potentially contribute to something that is objectively complex, you're still better off focusing on the short term. And a good example of this would be like in American culture, like we have, and I think just in Western culture in general, we have like really fetishized wealth accumulation and being like uber wealthy and stupid rich. And everybody wants to be uber wealthy and stupid rich. And so like 
There are multiple ways to do that very rapidly, but they're extremely high risk and they almost never work and they almost leave most people completely broke. And so most people will be like, oh, I'm all in on NFTs or I'm all in on crypto or I'm all in on this real estate scheme or this pyramid scheme or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, I, I, I've got this thing. This is the thing. Like, I, I'm always looking to be in on the ground floor of the next thing which is exactly like, oh, I heard about this new diet. Have you heard about this new supplement? It's the same syndrome. But then you also have people that are like, yeah, but if you invest $1,200 a month in the S&P 500 starting at 20 years old, you're guaranteed to be a fucking millionaire by the time you hit 50 without any like potential risk of failure if the stock market does basically what it's done forever. Like You can literally lock in with one habit, with one habit, you can lock in Boom, guaranteed millionaire. Assuming you have like $1,000 of disposable income and you can commit it to that monthly, which not everybody can, I understand that. But that is literally a formula that is simple as habit multiplied by number of months equals guaranteed outcome. And I know that we, you made a point that these are not you know, randomized clinical trials and settings that we can control every variable. But when it comes to weight loss, it's really like habit multiplied by time equals almost guaranteed outcome. When it comes to muscle gain, it's habit multiplied by time equals the best outcome we can get with your genetics. And so how do we communicate through the noise, through all the distractions? Yes, these things matter, but you kind of earn the right to talk about those things and focus on those things when you've nailed down the big rocks. And I think that that's really challenging to communicate to people in a world like this that is increasingly fast paced, that is increasingly full of distractions. And quite frankly, that is increasingly full of marketers and you know, uh, consumers who are almost looking to overcomplicate things. It's really hard. I, I love that part with how you compared all of this complex shit that usually overwhelms people to you just can't stick to your diet. And this is why getting a coach is so beneficial. Like it, it's, Honestly, it cuts the time in half. It, it, you're adding tax, emotional, mental, social to the fact that you're trying to go to, at this alone. You keep spinning your wheels. You're feeling like shit and you're sacrificing other areas of your life because you're so warped up in what's the best thing to do, where it's literally just to make things something you can, like things something you can stick to. And that's like, it's not about what you eat. It's not about how you train. It's about doing it, whatever it is, in a way that you can sustain it for that multiplier of time. And that's what coaching is all about. And I think you communicate really well to, because women like to complicate things the most. Like mm -hmm. what, are the big, what are the biggest mistakes you see women make in their pursuit of getting the body that they want when it comes to body training and nutrition? Because they're the special ones. Sure. They, they make a lot of mistakes, but like, you know, one of the things that I found to be interesting, um, you know, in the in the United States, we're just where we do things a little bit differently. But uh, like so much of the health and fitness misinformation in the United States is geared towards women. So much of diet diet culture, if you want to call it that, is aimed at women. So at least here, like it's easy to be like, yeah, women, they make the most mistakes. Like they, they're always spinning their wheels and all over the place, but I can totally understand why. Cause they're fighting off like a constant deluge of bullshit, like a, an unrelenting army of just people looking to scam them and sell them on and leverage their insecurities against them. Like it's a fucking hard battle. 
And so like the truth of the matter is like the first thing you do is you just have to have empathy and you have to know that battle. And so like as a guy who's, you know, dated multiple women over the years, who's worked with multiple women over the years, who has a relationship with a mother, with a cousin, with an aunt, like I just, you know, think about it. Think about how much bullshit they have got to sift through just to find something that, like you said, they can stick to for a long time. Like it's substantially harder than it is for men. So the first thing is like just First, understand who you're talking to, understand that you probably have to help them unlearn just as many things as you have to help them learn. You have to be empathetic. You have to be patient. And all of that stuff is what's going to eventually like lay the framework for finding habits that work, finding training protocols that work, finding nutrition protocols that work. Like they say, if people don't, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So the first step is to actually care, care about them as a human being, care about what got them to this place where they believe all these things uh, and go from there. But the myths and the, the things that just continue to persist to answer your initial question, like, I don't think that this that these persist because women want them to persist. I think they persist because marketers and influencers want them to persist because it's very easy to capitalize on them. And that's the notion that you have to exercise, you know, in ridiculous, novel or silly ways that burn a tremendous amount of calories. If you want to burn body fat, that you need to eat extremely reduced carbohydrate diet, that protein is scary, that creatine is scary, that meat is scary, that dairy is scary, that like the you know, hyper orthorexic green fucking juice, acai bowl, tiny waste. Like that's, that's the secret, the detox and the, this and the, that, and this like picturesque Instagram, Beverly Hills, you know, plant-based that they, it's like crazy. Like, like you're fighting back against this literal memification of what it is to be fit. When in truth, it's like, no, 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 no. You'll look 10 times better if you just eat enough fucking protein and lift weights four days a week. What? No, yeah, you don't need to do any of that shit. You just need to eat some protein, get some sleep, not, you know, drink your weekends away and lift weights four days a week. You'll do 10 times better and save a shit ton of money and time. But you've got to fight through this. And it's very much a challenge for me every single day. Those myths just don't seem to want to quit. Yeah, you touched on a really important note with that protein and salt because every single time I get someone's food diary or see what someone's eating, it is insane how little on protein it is. But then at the same time, it's like the food choices are abysmal. And then you wonder why they're starving, they're craving. You wonder why they're always overeating. And this leads into what I wanted to touch on next, which is the basics of, yes, but there are people that then overeat and then restrict. And then there are people that also think that more is better. I mean, yeah, more is better as in more cutting calories, more exercise, more cardio. And then they leave themselves in the cycle of, we just need to stay on 1400 calories for the rest of our life while we're lifting intense for like five, four days a week. Yeah. And I, I've seen that theme more is better when it comes to training and output and less is better when it comes to intake of calories and nutrition. That is really hard to shake because the truth of the matter is that fucking works for pretty much everybody. But for how long? Everybody can say, I, I lost weight on 1,200 calories. Yeah, no shit. That'll work. That will work better than anything. But for how long? Long enough to lose the weight you want to lose? Maybe. But can you keep it off? No. 
And only if you have like 20, 15 to 20 pounds to lose, because if you have more than that to lose and you immediately go to the maximum level to which you can restrict your calories, you've got nowhere to go. You will see some level of adaptation that will make losing the rest of the weight effectively miserable and borderline impossible unless you can continue to just starve yourself and barrel through it, which like 99.9% of people can't fucking do because they're sane and they have social lives and they want to engage with people. And then they look at like people that compete and they go, well, they can do it. Why can't I? And it's like, well, maybe because they have like a borderline neurosis and eating disorder. And that's not actually what healthy looks like. Maybe that's just what you think healthy looks like because you know, that's the way you see it. And that's what people see when they go on their phones and they go on social media. So that's, that's one that's really hard to kill which is this like notion that you have got to hyper restrict and just absolutely crush it with the expenditure. Yeah. And because I was actually that person who did eight figure comps in a row, it's like, yeah, we may be able to look like we can do that stuff, but all you're seeing is a surface level. You're not seeing what's going on in our minds, our thought process. You don't ask why is this the main goal? Like for some people, it's just that they like they lose joy in the process. And this leads into what Danny was just saying as well. And what I've been talking about a lot lately, and that's you start on this journey with all good intentions, but then along the way you lose that. And you don't even realize that you've lost that social life and you've lost your sanity with that. So now what's next? And because you were really, really up there with like breaking down the whole training shit, something that a lot of my clients and a lot of people that listen to this don't really grasp is the fact that protein eating enough and actually lifting weights because muscle is really important. are like the keys to getting your body composition, but instead the weights get sacrificed. They don't see the importance of muscle. They're not willing to push themselves in the gym hard enough, which I actually think is one of the biggest things I see in my audience, but Like maybe you can create a compelling, simple way to put that across to them on how to actually push themselves, how to actually train for the general woman who wants to get this gold body and the importance of eating enough. Yeah, sure. So I think you hit on it. Like you don't want to lose muscle. That's going to make it basically impossible. And you're going to probably look worse than you think when you reach your quote unquote goal weight. If you do not resistance train, you will not have a high likelihood of preserving muscle when you diet. When you decide to enter a calorie deficit, which you'll be doing when you hyper-restrict the way most women do, there's this fantasy notion that your body exclusively burns body fat, which it doesn't. It does not. It burns all tissues. Even bone tissue is sacrificed when you're in a deficit. Sorry if that was a shrill yell. But like, so what do we do then? How do we make sure that we lose as much body fat as possible and as little contractile tissue as possible? Well, You eat enough protein and you lift weights. That's what gives your body the rationale to say, hey, hold on to this muscle. We need this shit. We don't want to lose it. And that will protect your metabolism a lot as you lose body fat because muscle is a little bit more metabolically demanding than body fat. And you want to preserve that tissue so that you're not weak and feeble as you lose tissue. You want to maintain your strength. You want to maintain your shape. So you should totally be lifting while you diet. And in theory, If you are thinking about this in the long run, it's probably better to diet less with less restriction longer for most people than it is to diet with a lot of restriction for shorter terms. Meaning like if you can take 
20 weeks to lose 20 pounds at one pound a week. That's probably better than taking 10 pounds to lose 20 or 10 weeks to lose 20 pounds at two pounds a week or four weeks to lose 20 pounds at five pounds a week. All of those are some form of restriction, but one of them is more manageable. So don't stop lifting. Extend the time frame out that you need to reach your goal. Eat enough protein, eat enough carbs. And if in fact they're taking a longer time, your deficit doesn't have to be so extreme. So you can just go ahead and go at it without starving yourself, still having fuel to train, and you can chip away at the nutrition and the calorie intake as you get closer and closer to your goal. There's no denying that it will probably get hard as you get towards the end, but it's better to not already be like staring down the barrel of 1200 calories when you just get started. And as for like the training hard thing, um, I just think it's important for people to, to be honest with themselves when they're training about how hard they're training. And a really good way to check that is to get a training partner, even if it's just one or two times a month to train with you and push each other to train to failure on a couple of exercises that make sense. So don't like go to failure on heavy deadlifts or don't go to like failure on front squats where you're going to like literally die if you don't have a spotter, but like, yeah, Hey, I'm doing hack squats. I'm going to take it to failure. Hey, I'm doing bicep curls. I'm going to take it to failure. And you go, Oh shit. All my other training is like, totally weak sauce. Like I'm leaving a lot in the table on the table. And so like, if you're totally new to trying to calibrate how hard your training should be, just try training to failure or close to it with a partner, a spotter once or twice a workout on one or two exercises to just get familiar with what that's like. And then slowly start to kind of work towards all of your training, reflecting a higher proximity to failure. If you do that, you're going to probably be doing almost everything you possibly could in the gym to be building and preserving muscle. Like if you're training pretty close to failure, you're adding weight to your lifts over time and you're training with good technique and good exercise selection, you're going to build and maintain muscle period. It doesn't have to be fucking more complicated than that. Can it be? Oh yeah, it can. But for 99.98765% of people, like you said, (laughs) It really doesn't have to be. And that's up to the content creator. That's up to the coach. Do you want to try to impress the like 12 nerds who are never going to buy your shit anyway with how much you know about the 1% minutia of muscle growth? Or do you want to communicate the importance of muscle to the 60 to 70% of Americans who have plenty of money to spend and are overweight looking for a serious solution? Muscle is honestly a cheat code for life. Like it's something I will always stand behind because not only is that your key to metabolic like you will have a healthier metabolism you will actually look how you want to look if you chase exactly what danny just said building that muscle and if you do get yourself to a point where you aren't scared of failure like i fail my weights all the time when i'm like trying to press that last rep for my dumbbell press or whatever it is once you get to that point where you aren't fearing that anymore, where you're pushing yourself, where you're actually chasing muscle growth, you will soon realize that what 1200 calories doesn't even look attractive to you anymore. Like it really doesn't. Even looking at 2000 calories right now, I don't even want to go to now that I'm way above 2000. Like you start to fuel your body to build the body that you want instead of trying to shrink it into such a little slivered piece of like string that you like literally think of that like a string it's lacking life it's lacking energy that is what you're aiming for on this side shift your focus to what you're actually focusing on stop looking for that complex shit and I guess 
to wrap this up is you kind of reinforcing how important it is to, like I was talking about investments, invest in yourself, invest in your health, because you save a lot, not just financially, but mentally, emotionally, socially in the long run. So that would be a really good way to tie it up. Well, like to try to make sense out of the idea of investing in yourself, like, you know, I think that it can be really challenging for people to invest in themselves because not everybody out there is like, thinks they're worth it. Like a lot of people are just like, what's the point? Like, you know, why should I invest time, energy into my fitness and my wellness? And I think as coaches, we should try to communicate with empathy and just be like, Hey man, like, look, or Hey girl, look, you're either going to do it or you're not. You're either going to do it or you're not. And it's hard either way, but we'll give you the simplest and most effective pathway to reach your goals and how we communicate. We'll try to cut through the bullshit. But unless somebody wants to do it and unless somebody knows they should do it and that they're worth it, they, they might not at any point in time get there. Because in the same way that it's hard to convince somebody to invest money to maybe get more money down the road, it's hard to convince somebody to forego the donut now and you know, go for the high protein option because down the road, the reward would be better. And so just being empathetic, trying to, you know, communicate with people the importance of thinking about not what feels good and what's good right now, but what will be good for you down the long road. I think that's where we start with that. But I don't know if that's like the best answer for your question. It, it kind of is if you tie that now, like you go, like girls think of it. It's, you're feeling better in the process as well by shifting your focus, by accepting everything that Danny just said, accepting everything that we just spoke about and focusing on building that body. You don't lose your life in the process. You don't lose your sanity in the process. You start yeah. to enjoy it a lot more. So it's not that like- That makes a lot that. of sense. Totally. I mean, like, this is the thing. Your, your pursuit of aesthetics, your pursuit of- wellness your pursuit of whatever should not cost you your mental health period end of story that is not something you can mortgage if that's what it's going to cost to reach your goal if like the diets you're pursuing are unsustainable and they're breaking you down and they're running you ragged and they're making life harder those are not the diets or the methods or the approaches you should be using because what you're doing then is you're robbing peter to pay paul you're going to end up with this body and then when it's all said and done, you're going to look like shit, feel like shit and not be happy when if you are like, OK, I'll, I'll take that long road, build some confidence, build some self-esteem, be constructive. I'll focus on my long term. Sh I'll shift to a more long term format with how I look at this. I, I mean, in truth, you can probably get there with a higher rate of success with substantially less failure. And overall, you'll probably invest less time. It, then if you just kind of keep trying extreme after extreme after extreme and burning out your engine and, and sacrificing your mental health. Yeah. And back to that road thing, that, that's when you stop focusing on the road and you start looking at the surroundings. It doesn't mm -hmm. become about how long or how short the road is anymore. It becomes about how much you're enjoying the surroundings. Where can you visit on the way there? Because you're enjoying the journey. Like you're enjoying it so much. Oh, I want to go to Wonderland. Oh, I want to go to Oz. Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz. Like you want to have internal magic. And by internal magic, I mean confidence. And because we're coming up on the end time, I do want to sum it up with one big thing that Danny said, and that's the pie chart. If you are putting 
all of this energy, all of this focus, if you look at that pie chart and like 80% of that is you being so focused on your body, you being so focused on what you're going to eat, what you can't eat, the fact that you keep binge eating, the fact that you keep overeating, the fact that your maintenance is 1,400 calories when the calculator says it's 1,800 calories or when you're pretty much binging every weekend because you're not restricting yourself so much, how much of your life is that taking away? Where are your values on that pie chart? Because what you say you want and what you said you want when you first started completely got skewed up along the process. So you need to zoom out and go back to that. Otherwise, you are never going to sustain the results that you want. And that's where real results come from. So with that. (laughs) I think that's a great way to close it out. Like there's a million ways to repackage the phrase, enjoy the journey, don't focus on the destination. But I think that most people fail because they're so hyper-focused on getting to the destination that they don't learn the lessons that come along with the journey. I love that. That's actually the perfect quote to end this. And with that, thank you for coming on again. And I will put your your Instagram below. I think you have everything in your bio on your Instagram anyway. That's the best way to find me. Perfect. So I'll put Danny's Instagram down below. He actually has quite a few amazing things on his Twitter as well. So if you want like short form, cut to the point stuff, I would visit his Twitter and give that a follow. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait till this comes out. Anytime. Thanks for having me.